Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. <clears throat> one, two, one, two, talking, talking, talking. Talking, 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 one, two, one, two. That'll do. Yeah, it looks about even. That's about a even, Stephen. Quiet, you have to boost it, but it seems all right. I can boost it in post. It's there we go. It's all good. Click. Oh god. Oh, you clicky. Yeah. Oh. Is that that's air, isn't it? That's yeah, pockets of air in between, of between your bones. Your if you get your back done correctly and you get an air bubble that goes all the way to the top and pings off the like the nerve, it fucks you up. Oh really? You kind of go like. And you just lose balance and everything. Oh, wow. You just get this big pocket of air that just goes... By I, your is spinal. it like a drug? I guess, yeah. Maybe you kind of get a quick overdose of oxygen or something. But Ooh. either way, it makes you all loopy. The more you know. For, right. our, <clears throat> for our chiropractor amateurs out there, enjoy. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! been a while it's the cold solid classic nitro review this is where we go back to the heady days of the mid 90s uh, to look back at a, at a show that no longer is on tv but we love it all the same uh, monday nitro week to week and who are we we are both week and week my name is tom campbell radio presenter without portfolio i am with resident wcw kid sam driver i don't know who you think you are i think i'm tom campbell no no radio no, no I'm, not without portfolio. I'm not having this where you been who the fuck do you think you are just swanning off for a month, leaving me here with my conspiracies? Absolute dick. Could have stuck me in the luggage. I tried. A couple tried. of hand warmers. I would have been fine. Yeah. Sorry about that. I did disappear to the upside down for a I've while. I've seen enough. I've seen enough like action movies set on planes. I'd be able to get out of the luggage, crawl up through the little ladder, and then just find a seat in first class and be fine. But no, oh, you couldn't great. take me along with you. <sighs> Something about 23 kilogram limits. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not supermodel thin tall. <laughs> I mean, you are you are spelt, but there's, there's there's we had on the way back we had to empty one of our cases because we had too much stuff in them. Oh, really? So you that. could have you could have taken me, you could have just posted me. We could have posted you there, and we could have carried you back. Maybe that would have been a thought. But yeah, sorry, I disappeared for a oh, you just there. you just enjoy your time with the bushwhackers, mate. <laughs> enjoy it. Didn't see I know them. they're from New Zealand, but yeah, enjoy I was they might have popped over for a you bit. You enjoy your time with the remnants of Jim Barnett's classic <laughs> Australian wrestling territory, Tom. 
<laughs> you over there hanging out. I did post I, when I got back. I, I put a nice picture of me with the with Sydney Harbour uh, Bridge and yeah. the Sydney Opera House, and I said, "Oh, I spent a week upside down." Rhea Ripley liked the tweet, so that's nice. That's nice. Did you um? Did you did you have to wear a, a tether to stop yourself falling off? Yeah, that's what they don't tell you. Yeah, you've got to rope yourself to the ground. They green screen it all out in all of the Australia videos. They do. Yeah. And, and but I've been told not to say that. In fact, this bit might have even been well, too late. Out. Too late. Or I'll, it's I'll, already out there. Conspiracy it, number one. I'll <laughs> straight back in as if nothing happened. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever have four weeks off until I either retire or die. So I thought I'd enjoy yeah. four weeks off. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Amazing. Like, I'd I feel, kill for four weeks feel off. feel well man. refreshed. Yeah, I can bet. I, did a, I didn't All do... All that time away from social media must have been golden. Do you know what? I really I really enjoyed that. I came off I came off everything for about four weeks. There's something about it, isn't it? Like, I feel mm. bad if I don't tweet about wrestling when there's wrestling happening, but sometimes it's just like, I just want to enjoy it. <laughs> I just yeah. don't want to like tweet it. I just want to sit and watch it. Exactly, and you get caught up in it sometimes. Yeah. So it's quite nice just to come off it all together and just. Uh, we did a cruise for ten days nice. out towards Vanuatu on the Pacific Ocean. Sweet, amazing, and uh, we we went to a wedding. It's part of the reason why we, the reason why we were out there was because some family friends were getting married. Yeah. So we went out there for the wedding. So I got to my I got to my go to my first Australian wedding and they're nice. great fun. And uh, and then we spent a week in Dremoyne, just outside of Sydney, doing touristy shit. Yeah. Uh, a big hello to uh, Bobby Bishop and Lucy brawl uh, from the uh, wrestling scene in Queensland who nice. were in Sydney and they met us and had a pint so that was yeah. nice uh, I drank a lot I ate a lot slept a lot and uh, it was brilliant I love Australia the best thing you ate what's the best thing you ate Ate a lot of schnitzel. Yeah. Like a schnitzel. A lot of schnitzel. Yeah, ate a lot of schnitzel. It was delicious. Um, Did you not stop into Hungry Jack's for the meme value? Sadly not. No. I didn't get a chance to do a Hungry Jack's <laughs> on this occasion, but we have promised that we will go back yeah. and experience it all over again because it's like a very intense England. Yeah, I I, I kind of get the feeling that I, I'd like to go. I mean, I'm big into rugby, big into sunshine, big into just, you know, hanging out and getting drunk. And Australia seems like a very fun place to do that. It is, uh, indeed. But New Zealand's always been the one where I've kind of gone, I think I could live there. Mm. I don't know if I could live in Oz because I'd just get cooked to death. <laughs> but like New Zealand seems like it's got enough of a range where it, it's more like here, I guess. I think, yeah, maybe climate-wise yeah. it does so. Australia can get very warm. There were some very you hot think? days. <laughs> so I've heard. Look at it from space and it's just scorched earth. Bit where people live. Yeah, that's, <laughs> they all cling to the coast in ours. Yeah. Because the middle is just uninhabitable hot. I, I, I agree with internet historian. There should just be a big channel cut into it like the Suez Canal. And everybody's going, yes, but the lizards that live, just flood it. Turn it into a big water park. <laughs> just clear it all out, cool it all down. Yeah. That'll be the way it goes. But it's just, a, it's a massive place. It's yeah. just, it's un, I, I couldn't fathom how big it was until we went, uh, we were in Robertson for a mm. day. And then our family friends went, they went, we're going to go to the local pub. So come with us for a pint at our local, the pub around the corner. Follow us. Two hours of driving later. Well, you can sober up on that drive, I guess. Oh, but that's not local. <laughs> it's not legal either. It's not legal either. <laughs> we got there. We got there and Julie went, I was closer than I remember. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. Maybe like driving to and from Middlesbrough three times. Maybe yeah. drive... From Newcastle to Middlesbrough, back to Newcastle, back to Middlesbrough, there is your, mm. there's your trip to the pub. I mean, it was a lovely pub, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, we, did a, we did a far more lo geographically friendly pub crawl around the rocks in Sydney. That was nice. Nice. Um, and, and, and I think it was, that was probably one of my favourite parts of the trip, doing the pub crawl around Sydney. I was like, really love Sydney. Um, and 
Radio is still king there. Yeah. Still king there. It's the the one thing that I was always amazed about was when, you know, I like a lot of bands like Nine Inch Nails and Tool and stuff, but they'd have like quite niche, you know, must have albums that come out once every five, six or even over 10 years in Tool's case. But then you'd get to like Australia and because they were like, you know, they're on the other side of the earth, they'd pay like exorbitant import fees on everything. Gig tickets there were like higher before they were high, like super high everywhere else. It just feels like everybody kind of gets screwed there just mm. for kind of living there. So it's like, yeah. It's yeah, it's there's there's a lot there. But I really loved it. We want to mm. go back. We wanna we wanna do more. We didn't get a chance to do a whole lot much we want to do. We want to go to Melbourne, we want to go to the yeah. coast. Uh so we'll find excuses to go back. But we're now back in nineteen ninety six where we should be. Boom. Did I miss anything while I was away from you, by the way? Anything excited happening? Uh how's the last four weeks been? They've been a blur? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, uh, it's it's. All I, the murders flashing I'm sort of, I'm, I'm like, I'm working on something that's very like set in a specific like time period right now. So it, it feels like I'm kind of out of the loop because of it. So it just feels like time is just a big mushy line. Right. Like I nothing really. It felt like you were away for about two weeks. Oh really? So I was sort of like, uh, just trying to get everything done, but. Still got work to do. Oh, shit. Well, it's, and it's WrestleMania week as well. So Yay! add that on top of everything else. <laughs> Deep joy had by all. You're hearing this before WrestleMania. Hearing being the optimal word, though. Yes, hearing is the optimal word. Unfortunately, we've had a technical error, which means that uh, for you uh, Patreon supporters, and thank you for supporting us on Patreon, we can't bring you the video version of our show no. this week. Uh, we, we could hire a high-end animator to create it at an exorbitant fee within 24 hours, but I don't think we will. Uh, you'll just have to join us next week for the video version once more. Yeah. You have to imagine what we're yeah, saying we'll, and we'll, how we look as we say We'll it. try our hardest to have video back and working uh, next week, but in the meantime, just imagine what we look like. Like podcasts should be, damn yeah. it. I'm a big, a big purveyor I'm of I'm a big audio. purveyor of listen to it, don't watch it. Well, Tom, you work on YouTube. It's the other way around now, son. <laughs> it's not what I know. <laughs> it's not what I know. <laughs> talking of, actually talking of things that you listen to, yeah. um, because this is the Thursday this is going out, yeah. thank you if you stayed up late with me at uh, 11 o'clock. I was a guest on Radio 5 Live. Nice. Yes, they had a big old debate on on whether or not wrestlers are daredevils that deserve our respect. And I was in the full camp and I was defending the honor of professional wrestling. Well, I'm ashamed of you. You should have said the serious artists. You should have went in there and treat it like, I don't know, like you were pitching for an Oscar. That's what you should have done. You should have been the dissenting voice. And when they cut to an image, you should have had a cigarette through one of those sticks and a beret on. <laughs> and you should have been talking about how it's all about the art form. How do you know I didn't? Well, maybe. Mm. Oh. No, but that's really cool, though. You can hear it back on the BBC Sounds app Man. right now. It's on Colin Murray's show. What was the general consensus? Uh, you'll have to listen to it and find out. Ah. Because whilst you're hearing this after it's happened, we're recording it before it's happened. Well, Tom. <laughs> well, Time Tom. Time is a construct of human well. perception. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll hear it. But it's... Sitting here and lying. I was <laughs> on this. I may have fallen asleep and missed the whole thing because it was at 11 p.m. they wanted me to call in. Either way, you need to watch the whole, listen to the whole show. <laughs> yeah, listen, watch, and uh, conform, consume, and obey. Uh, we're back in 1996 <laughs> uh, for June the 3rd, 1996, by my watch. Uh, UK movie number one is Up Close and Personal. 
uh, rom romantic drama uh, starring Robert Redford. A rom drama. A rom drama. <laughs> I nearly said a rom drama. <laughs> What is wrong with me? Mind you, rom dram should work if rom com is a thing. A rom dram oh, should rom be a thing. Rom com. God, when that was just everywhere. Rom com. Every film was a rom com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one isn't. This is a rom dram. Rom dram. Uh, starring Robert Redford as a news director and Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> as his protege. Uh, and uh, uh, they all fall in love and stuff. Uh, US movie number one is Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise bringing nice. the franchise back. In 1996, uh, the Fugees are number one in the UK chart. We're killing me softly. Nice. Uh, this is the uh, the song that was written in collaboration with Laurie Lieberman, inspired by a Don McLean performance in late 1971. Uh, this is the Fugees, uh, Lauren Hill singing lead vocals. Uh, this is from their debut album, The Score. Uh, a, a timeless song. Oh yeah, timeless yeah. song. Uh, number one in the US uh, music charts is Bone Thugs and Harmony, The Crossroads. Also timeless in its own way. Not as good as Blazing Squad, as I said. It's not really. They no. were. They, but mind you, they walked so Blazing Squad. They were. A, they Blazing were a crossroads ahead. They were a crossroads ahead. I see what you did there. I like it. <laughs> uh, in the world of wrestling, oh, there's been some some legal fun this week. I can imagine there has been. So why do you think that would be, Sam Driver? I think it's probably got something to do with Lex Luger. Definitely, it's always <laughs> Lex. No, could it be Scott Hall just turning up as Razor Ramon in denim uh, and then doing all of Razor Ramon's shtick in denim uh, and then claiming lightly in, in words that don't so much say it outright that WWF's about to go to war with WCW in a blow off of ratings, ultimate supremacy. It, that is absolutely what it is. Nice. The denim was the My biggest offence. My third guest was Ric Flair and Deborah. I just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the biggest issue they took they took umbrage with though is the double denim. I don't know. Everything else is fine. <laughs> Just didn't like the double denim on Scott Hall. Uh, yeah, Vince McMahon in what? Use him, but fuck me, don't put him in that shit. <laughs> put him in double denim for? Get him in dungarees, pal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Vince McMahon uh, read out what appeared to be a prepared lawyer statement at the start of Raw for this week, mm -hmm. uh, stating that Diesel and Razor Ramon were no longer part of the World Wrestling Federation. Or so he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> it was Agatha all along. Uh, but they intend to portray themselves as the stars they once were, and whilst participating in a ruse for another promotion. Shambolic. Mm. Get 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 um get Ricky Boggs and Glenny G down here now. Get him Glenny J down here right now. Uh, but Vince McMahon, ever the grifter, did encourage people to call the 900 number or log into <laughs> AOL to find out more about Diesel and Razor Ramon and the ruse <laughs> that they have perpetrated over WWF. Uh, also, a legal letter was sent to Scott Hall from the World Wrestling Federation. No surprise there. Uh, would you like to hear the letter? Yeah, go on. Dear Mr. Hall, this letter will serve to put your notice of your deliberate infringement of Titan's intellectual property rights in connection with your appearance on this past Monday's WCW Nitro well, hold Show. Hold off, hold off, hold off. Who's Scott Hall? All I saw was Razor Ramon. So if they're sending a letter to a certain Scott Hall, it doesn't make any sense. I've never heard of Scott Hall. This won't stand up in court. What's Jerry on? <laughs> I feel like this won't stand up in court is a great line that you'd use on a <laughs> porn based on the judicial system. <laughs> Having reviewed... <laughs> 
having reviewed the tape of your appearance, the text of the various statements made by you during your appearance, and the explicit references to past and ongoing storylines of Titan Sports, it's obvious that you were attempting by your appearance to suggest to the consuming public that you and others from the World Wrestling Federation were now going to be appearing on Turner Networks in WCW programming as part of some interpromotional matches. I love the stretch for ongoing storyline when really the the Nacho Man, the the uh, oh god, what else? Billionaire is it? Ted, Gene, Billionaire Ted, and uh, the he Huckster. did name check them. He did name check them, but I would. It's not really a storyline. That was a personal vendetta from Vince to Ted. <laughs> <laughs> but, some, but personal vendetta didn't sound as good as storyline. I guess it does blow off that Vince does get his way and does the, the pay-per-view finish to that whole angle, doesn't he? They do write it yeah, off. Because um, he's told to not do it on TV. Basically, well, they, that that kind of already, by the time this yeah. comes around, that's already been paid off. The entire theme of the program, buttressed, great word, by WCW personnel afterwards, was that WWF wrestlers were going to be wrestling WCW performers, and that you were leading a group of WWF talent in that effort. This is, of course, completely false, and was intended to confuse the viewing public. Well, yeah, it's a... I mean, it's the same as when you had Flair turn up with the big goal, but we don't talk about that, do we? No, no. We don't talk about that. Do as I say, not as I do, (laughs) damn it. To further attempt to mislead and confuse the public, you stayed completely within the character portrayal of Razor Ramon, a registered trademark of Titan Sports. I mean, he was in double denim. I don't recall Razor ever rocking the double denim. I don't remember him doing double denim. I mean, the toothpick, but cowboys use toothpicks all the time. He used to be a cowboy. Did he ever wear double denim in the WWF? I don't think he did. He used to wear his chains and his his flashy ass colours and patterns, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know if he wear. Yeah. I don't think he did. No, uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say he definitely didn't ever. And if you've got pictures, it's all it's all made up. The <laughs> network was changed. The stills you've got and the VHS tapes you may have at home have all been infiltrated by the World Wrestling Federation. And they've changed out the only pictures all you of his appearances are the for ones him being double down. Driver shows us on this. Yeah, podcast. like Stalin and Bishop. Stalin and Bishop. Yeah, that definitely happened. It did. It did. <laughs> Both you and WCW personnel they got into North Korea so easily. They showed him that picture and they were like, "Wow, <laughs> get in here, get in here. <laughs> you are the mate of Stalin. <laughs> any mate of Stalin's a mate of mine." Both you and WCW personnel never even mentioned the name you intend to wrestle under at WCW, choosing instead to tell the audience they knew who you were. Scott Hall, the cowboy from years back. <laughs> you dressed like Razor Ramon. You didn't. You were in double denim. And you I guess he like... was in a cut-off. He yeah. used to wear a cut-off vest to the to, to the ring, right? True. But this is where they this is where they got them by the old thin and curlies. And utilize the Hispanic accent given to you by Titan as part of the character portrayal. Because Vince owns the Hispanic he accent. Owns Hispanic accent. You hear that, Hispanic listeners? <laughs> I think you've got you've got a gripe to take up with WWE and you should all do it now via snail mail. They could have gotten away with it if Scott Hall had come out and done it in a journey. Or call accent. the nine hundred number. <laughs> Do that as well. Yeah, you know why I'm here. <laughs> you don't know who I am, but you know why I'm here. Where's Billy Nutted? Where's the natural man? You want a war? You got one. <laughs> hey, Chico. <laughs> That'd have been fine. It'd have been fine. Um, 
Anyway, they own Hispanic accents as well. Titan, of course, has no objections whatsoever to you portraying a new or different character devised either by you or the WCW. But we will vigorously the exercise... The WCW. Oh, mate, that gets right into the, my it's fucking like, crawl this It's like this the week. WWE. I fucking hate it. It's awful, isn't it? I know it must have been a really hard transition going from the WWF, which makes sense, the World Wrestling Federation, but the World Wrestling Entertainment, the World Championship Wrestling. God... Damn it. Yeah, it's been a really difficult transition 21 years ago. <laughs> it's great to be here in the WWE every time. Yes, and it's <laughs> been over two decades. You wouldn't say the NXT. Here's a horrifying thought. Yeah. We are close to the company that we watch being named WWE almost as long as it's been named WWF. No, 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 that's not true. Well, it was named WWF in 82. Uh, well, it was the Worldwide Res Wrestling Federation before that. It so, took on WWF, yeah, in, in terms of those three initials. But either way, I don't believe you. <laughs> so it's the WWF, and it only recently changed to WWE. Uh, and those letters still stand for World Wrestling Entertainment. They're not just a monogram without any meaning anymore. That's very true. There, yeah. What's it called? A, there's a special word for it, a ghost I have acronym. no Either way... Either way, the fact that it was like, it's World Wrestling Entertainment. No, it just stands for WWE now. Okay, yeah, great. I always, I was always <laughs> worried when KFC did the same thing. I thought they could put any old shit in their food now. <laughs> they put, I mean, they put any old shit in their food anyway. You have an American <laughs> KFC. I haven't. It is bad. Like the, <laughs> the, the, the the quality for like poultry farms isn't quite as stringent in certain states. So the states I've been to where we have had the misfortune of having KFC uh, seem to have been some pretty lax chicken law states. <laughs> and fuck me, was that some bad food? <laughs> that was just bad. Jeez. Um, Popeyes though. Popeyes, Pop Popeyes is, is good. Popeyes have a chicken sandwich that was worth killing over. Mm. And I can agree. I'd, I'd probably do it. Would you? Uh, have you been to the one in Gateshead yet? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's exorbitant because it's it's new and it's an American thing in the UK, but it's delicious. The novelty will wear off and the prices will drop. Fingers crossed. Jollibee's still banging as well. Big fan of Jollibee. I haven't tried Jollibee yet. You should be ashamed of yourself. I should be ashamed of myself. Philippines' finest. I know. I, I kind of want takeaway spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> That is like odd. I've not trouble. had the, the, the spagoot is like the only thing I haven't tried that's one of the big headers under the name. It's like it's like burgers, chicken, hot dogs, spaghetti. I wouldn't trust myself <laughs> to eat spaghetti on the go. <laughs> Just walking down Northumberland Street with a box of spaghetti. Pushing that in. A registered trademark of Titan Sports. So as we so here we go. Vig we will vigorously exercise its rights in connection with your attempts to pawn off or suggest to the consuming public that your WCW appearances are in the character of Razor Ramon, in the capacity as a WWF wrestler, or as some part of some interpromotional matches involving WWF participation. Accordingly, this is to advise you that Titan has exercised its rights under the contract it had with you and will be withholding future payments from you until this matter is further clarified. Titan further reserves all rights it has to take any and all further action as may be appropriate. Gotta love how petty wrestling can be. Ooh, petty from a legal drop investigates sense. over here. I, I, uh, I kind of just want to sit there and be like, you shouldn't be sending him letters. What you should be doing is just offering Hogan mad money so that the NWO isn't as satisfying. Mm. But then the NWO would have the ammo of, at least we don't have Hulk Hogan. Crowd goes, ah! Because <laughs> uh, right now, I mean, this episode of Nitro, I don't know if we'll mention it, but there's there's several times you see Hogan, several times Hogan's mentioned, and then an entire promo package for him just because he's not there. 
Yes. And it's like, hey, he might not be here this week, but hey, there's a video of him look on a motorbike. Whoa, it's Hulk Hogan. He still works here. It's the Don't most Hogan forget Hogan's had. here. He's here forever. <laughs> it is genuinely the most time we've heard about Hogan. Yeah. In a, like, apart from the old reference from Bischoff going, I think oh, last I spoke week, to Hogan today. Yeah, last week we had the standard kind of, he's been mentioned, maybe he gets brought up in a promo, but this is like, it's quite frequent throughout mm. tonight. Uh, so WWF uh, have their knickers metaphorically in a twist regarding the... Scott I don't think there's any difference. metaphorical there. No. <laughs> I would love to have been a fly on the wall when that news dropped. <laughs> but they were quick to... Diff- he they were, what? <laughs> they were quick to distance themselves from a from an interpromotional war. Yeah. And to sort of dampen the fire that WCW was starting. Yeah, you can't be number one in the game if you work with everybody else and help elevate other companies. You've got to push them down. Push them down and buy them out. got to bury them as yeah. hard as you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, and then hire the guy that you were feuding with anyway, and then bury him again on the way out. <laughs> Literally throw him into a garbage truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened, didn't it? Oh, five. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually, obviously, Sting would come back and lose the Monday Night Wars once again. Officially. Yeah, officially. With the help of his um, longtime nemesis and best friends of Triple H, the NWO. I enjoyed how they dug up that corpse just to beat the shit out of it again. <laughs> Without it making any sense. <laughs> nah. was, why would, like, what? Can we? All right. Yeah, sweet. No super crazy? Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did super crazy not turn up? No. I wish. Bless him. I wish. Uh, On this particular show, speaking of people with uh, an umbrage towards the World Wrestling Federation, Medusa was in action, beating Bull Nakano in a match taped for main event. And then Medusa beat Akira Hokuto uh, in another match taped for main event, possibly suggesting that whilst the matches were short, they're starting to build a women's division once again in WCW. Which is necessary because right now we've got a whole load of nothing. Yeah, there's no, there's literally zero <laughs> women's division in this one. But that's He's like, I've turned up, I'm working here. Are you? <laughs> they don't seem to be doing anything with you. Well I, well, I threw my belt in the bin. I can't go back to the other place. It takes time, though. You've got to slowly build. I mean, we've we've had the the occasional women's match kind of breakout performance. Uh, from time to time, pay-per-view to pay-per-view, but now to be able to regularly have female talent on shows moving forward has got to be a big goal for WCW in this time frame, mm. especially because WWE or WWF, they're going to start featuring uh, more female talent regularly. Obviously, we know how that's going to pan out with the whole Divas era uh, mm-hmm. slowly starting to come across the horizon like 10 years away. Uh, not even that. Well, like eight years, six years away. But it, it's, yeah, they, they need to get that developed as a division uh but we focus now on monday nitro for june the third the main event of tonight is lex luger and stang defending against the steiners their world tag team titles this comes after the kickoff from last week's show where all four started brawling like monsters yeah also tonight flair and arn anderson will team up to face the rock and roll express Ooh, uh, classic nwa action yeah Ooh. how are the rock and roll still going i think they've retired somewhat now they've kind of eased back i feel like team. i just see them <laughs> like <laughs> wrestling every few months on twitter they just keep fighting joey janela yeah. uh there is some rumor tonight that bobby the brain heenan could be in flair and ando's corner for the great american bash that fucking weasel oh well we expected no better uh we we kick off with a recap of last week of the giant beating shark yeah. your boy john tent my boy johnny tents johnny tents then got half his hair shaved 
And I wrote here, oh no, Shark has only half a hair left. He's here to speak to Gene Gene. He is here to speak to Gene <laughs> Gene. Uh, but he does indeed look different because he hasn't adjusted the side of his head. No, and do you know why that is, Tom? Because he gets off on the embarrassment. He feeds off it. He loves being humiliated publicly. Not one to kink shame John Tenter, it's, but you do you, hon. It, it, it's more. Um, it's more. He says that it's to remind him of what um, of what Big Bubba put him through by cutting his hair, and that he's not going to shave it until he's kind of addressed this situation. Also, he's not a shark anymore. Mm. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm not an animal. Um, and then that's it. It's John Tenter. No more the shark. That's it. I'm not a shark. I'm not a fish. Not an avalanche. I'm John Tenter. I'm a 500-pound man. I'm going to hurt the man who did this to me. Points at head. And then I'm going to shave the head of the giant so he can feel the embarrassment I felt. Well, Kurt Angle will sort that for you in 2004. <laughs> uh, it took a while, but it got done. Kurt got revenge for John later on. Shark is dead. Tenter is born. And our opening match is John Tenter versus Bubba Rogers. We didn't mention this, hasten to mention this, that Bubba Rogers was in the ring with Jimmy Hart whilst John Tenter was killing the shark. Just scattering the hair about all over the ring uh, when we come to this one as well. Bubba. Like some is, sort of ceremony. Yeah, so like it's like the closing shot last week is the hair all over the ring. And while this has been going on with Shark and Gene, it, Bubba's just been sort of standing there it looks like throwing the hair all over the ring again because he's like an absolute slut for it or something. Uh, and he's so it's just it just tickles me that while this massive promo's happening, well, massive pro while this promo's happening, quite loud and shouty on the ramp, Bubba's probably just in there with a little Ziploc bag, just going, <laughs> just kicking it around to make it look like. It's <laughs> Now, I didn't quite spot how bad the, the, the hair was with John Tenter when yeah. he was still on the ramp. Once we got in the ring and I went, oh, that's quite striking. <laughs> There's a whole half bit there. That's very striking. <laughs> uh, we So straight in there, John Tenter, Bubba Rogers gets started immediately. Uh, Bishop, uh, Tony Schiavone makes me laugh because he says, tonight in the TV listings, it says that Johnny B. Bad and Vader will be here. Neither of which have worked for the company in months. Oh, buddy. <laughs> they, they own it. They get I guess around it. It might be a way to poke fun at it because I, I imagine TV listings can be very slow to update if they don't have you as a priority TV show. Yeah. They'll just be like, well, what's wrong with your current blurb? And it's like, well, everything's out of fucking date, guys. They're all wrong. God damn it. Uh, John Tenter power slams Bubba off the top, uh, off the start of the match onto the, onto the canvas. He grabs the scissors and Bubba takes a powder. He doesn't want to get in the ring with John Tenter and Bubba scissors. peels the fuck out of there as Tetna just waves scissors at him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hello, it's the scissors. Weird snip, snip. dream. Like Bubba Rogers didn't want to get in there with a 500 pound maniac. I was waiting to just forbid sort of, scissors. I was waiting to just sort of wake up and just grab the side of my bed. Just, ah. <laughs> it happened the- again. I dreamed about it again. <laughs> John Tetna just seductively waving scissors. <laughs> I had a weird dream last night. Yeah, that like the world was ending, and and we all had to we all had to get we had taxis and stuff arriving for us that were taking us to like the next place. Right. Uh, Alex and I were together, uh, and there was a taxi that pulled up, and the guy pulled up. And he went, uh, "Are you Tom Cortez?" <laughs> And, and I, I'm about to say no. And Alex went, yeah, that's us. Alex got in the taxis. He's like, we've got to yeah. get out of here. I said, this isn't... Yes, this is our taxi. It's Tom Cortez. And uh, You're going to Tom Cortez's new reality now. That's it. And that's, so yeah. that's what happened. So we were in the taxi. Tom Cortez, waiting by the road, tries to wave the taxi drowned. And he goes, we've got Tom Cortez. And he drives off, leaving him there. And Tom Cortez is just consumed by a wall of fire. 
I don't as, know what happened as... to Tom Cortez. But then um, the, the guy, so the taxi driver then clocks on and says, you're not Tom Cortez, are you? And I was like, no, we're not. Looking at Alex, he's like, no, yeah, we are. No, we're not. And he says, oh, it's going to be tough for you where we're going. It's all in Russian. <laughs> and where we went, like the TV was in Russian and our neighbours were Russian. And I don't remember what else happened. Okay. <laughs> that was my dream. At least you get to remember yours. I never seem to be able to remember mine. <laughs> I just sort of wake up and it's just like sometimes I hit the uh, the pillow and then just feel like I'm just awake immediately again. Do you never even get like a faintest little? I dream in like flashes usually, so I'll, mm. I'll like see flashes of stuff. I never really have a through storyline. Oh. It's weird. I just get bits, and then I kind of wake up going, "What the fuck did that mean?" And then I forget it oh. within five minutes. You're missing out because yeah. I've had I had a series of dreams for a couple <laughs> of weeks where the where the cat would get out. And he'd go missing, mm. and uh, and I'd go and find. Him, then it'd eventually be a dream. Then the one dream I had, um, we're in we're in our we're in our apartment, and the, I open the door, and the door leads straight onto the Time Bridge. Yeah, Pablo dashes out onto the Time Bridge, and uh, at this point I'm panicking. Then I go, hang on, this is a dream. That's nah, when you can lucid dream. dream, though. You should yeah. then take control. And so I was trying. I said, now nah, this is a dream. And then Alex is there shouting me, what do you mean? Go and get the cat. And the cat and Pablo's like teetering over the time bridge, like near yeah. the water. And Alex is getting really angry. I said, it's a dream. It's fine. And then she's like, this isn't a dream. And then I'm realizing, actually, this might not be a dream. So I run onto the time bridge to get him just as he jumps off. And I jump down in slow motion. Then I wake up. I go, for fuck's sake, I knew it was a dream. The Matrix got you again. Yeah, the Matrix Bastard. got me again. I was livid. Oh. I was so angry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh, I'm so envious of people that can do shit like that. I can't, uh, I, I just get little flashes of dreams. That's about it. But I'm not even lucid dreaming. It's the fact that yeah. I'm, I become aware that I'm dreaming, but I, I can't quite convince myself. Like, I, I think I've... Yeah. Now, this is definitely a dream, but then things will happen in the dream, and I'll go, oh, no, this isn't a dream. <laughs> I've got to really deal with this in the morning. And I go, oh, for fuck's sake, the world isn't on fire, for God's sake. I'm not now living in a weird Russian next world. Just learn astral projection instead, and then you Ooh. can just float off wherever you want. I quite like the idea of that. Yeah. I might do that, actually. That'd be quite nice. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, so you Bubba and Scissors. Bubba chased gets chased away because Tenter's got the scissors. You yeah. don't want to hang out with Tenter. Five and stars. Five stars for you? Five fucking stars. John <laughs> Tenter away from them scissors. <laughs> this is the start of a hey, you know what? They, they put John Tenter over close. strong. It's not even close. Five stars isn't enough. Oh. We need a tenter scale. Like an earthquake <laughs> scale. Tenter stars. It registered a ten on the tenter scale. There nice. you go. Yes. Yeah. So okay, what would be something that Why call it the Richter scale? What did Ren Wendy Richter ever do? <laughs> 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 Aside from revolutionize women's wrestling throughout the eighties. Uh what did Wendy Richter ever do to deserve to be the Richter scale? I think she beat Rock Rockin' Robin at one point, maybe. And did it create an earthquake? <laughs> I guess the response, yeah, maybe. The, the tenter scale. No, we've got to go with the scale. tenter scale. Come on. So, so this is top of the tenter scale. What would be something that would be at the bottom of the tenter scale? Something uh, that would Golga. Scan. Golga's the fucking bottom of the tenter scale. <laughs> Golga's at the bottom Anything of the involving scale. John Tenter. I know he, he seemed to have fun doing it, but anything involving John Tenter under a mask just kind of meekly joining in with a group of people. It's like, John Tenter, get him out there, get him wrestling. He's getting, John Tenter. He's getting paid, baby. I know paid. he's getting paid and he's all gravy and he probably had a blast doing it, but I just wanted, I'm just selfish. I'm just <laughs> selfish. I always love watching that SmackDown dark match with John Tenter yeah. as Earthquake. Like, it just feels like feels like such a weird fever dream. Yeah, because it's like, he turns up and it's like, isn't this guy going to be like 60? And it's like, I oh, know he's like 38. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> 
He was 33 on this week's episode of Nitro. Was he? 33. Fucking hell. I just... It's a weird... That's a bad paper round. Uh, hey, you had, a, you had a tough go of it with, uh, with Sumo in Japan. Yeah. yeah that's going to put miles on you. That's going to put miles on the clock, absolutely. Uh, high Voltage out next. Brand new team. <laughs> Please welcome Ruckus Robbie and Chaos. Robbie Rage and Kenny Chaos. Or is it Robbie Ruckus and Kenny Chaos well, no, they, they, You're right. They've gone to be Robbie Rage and Kenny Chaos, yeah. but at this point, they're called Ruckus and Chaos. Blast from the wrestling past. I believe they lasted as long as WCW in total in the wrestling business. Yeah. Although I think... Was it Robbie Rage? One of them lasted longer, but I think one around like 2001 just kind of went, that's it for me. Do that. I think it's Kenny Chaos. I yeah. think it's Kenny Chaos. I think they look great. Yeah. Beefy boys. They beef, fit with the time team. perfectly. Yeah. You, you know, they're not going to hope in hell with who they're in against, but like, they, yeah. No, not, not a snowball's <laughs> chance in hell. Um, you could put them in with the Steiners and it would just let them fucking clap yeah, to each other. They'd be just, good times. Yeah, it's like fire and ice, right? It was kind of like, oh, this is a bit of a nothing taxi. Look at what they can do when you put them in there with beef. Fucking, what this, the state of this heavyweight tag division, WCW, I like it. Yeah. Potential there is massive. Well, what's the point of giving it to scrawny lads when you can give it all to big lads? Yeah. You just... Worked in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was acceptable in the 80s. Uh, they're not getting a look in tonight, sadly. They're up against Meng and Barbarian. Uh, Barbarian landing a fuck off of a powerbomb on chaos <laughs> yeah jesus it's Christ. uh it, it's quite a it's quite a quite a a, a hurty looking match oh main does a drop kick as well does he yep. drop kick very often uh barbarian looks great here actually he wipes out ruckus with an overhead belly to belly superplex yeah. the crowd pop for that it, it was like just watching a surgical demolishment <laughs> yes <laughs> it was scalpel precision on how they tore high voltage apart pretty much and now the end's a bit confusing because we get a combo splash headbutt from barbarian and meng yeah uh then chaos attempts to break the cover but doesn't quite break it but they they stop the count and throw him out of the ring and then meng just for good measure hits a mafia kick mm. uh, onto onto ruckus for the win felt a bit improvised maybe the win was meant to be the double team maybe you just wanted to, to kick him Maybe he just wanted to kick a guy. Meng Maybe he just wanted to kick him. Meng just wanted to kick What's a guy. What's wrong with that, Tom? Meng can do what he likes. You're out there wrestling. Why not just get an extra kick in? Go on. Just, oh. <laughs> I've decided I want to carry on the match a little bit longer. <laughs> ha, pa, pa. What do you mean it's one fall? <laughs> I want it to be eight. Get back Best up. Best of three. Come on. Get up. <laughs> uh, high Voltage got beaten up here, but I think they look good. I think at this yeah, they, particular point, there's stacks they, of potential. When they were able to, to actually get going, it was very nice tag team maneuvers and back and forth with them. But it was just the fact that they were getting grounded by a more experienced team. Very much a storytelling feeling match for them coming in, uh, with this being their big kind of debut performance. So... Well done. We go to the tag team champion, Sting and Leg Luger. Uh, we have a little brawl. We'll we take a look at the brawl that closed out last week. And I, Leg, I love Lex Luger. I don't think he knows how funny he is. Uh, he's like my mother-in-law. He doesn't know how funny he is. Um, and he was chatting with Gene. And they start talking. Gene goes, well, let's take a look at the clip from last week. Here you are. Uh, you're jumping in the ring there. And then Lex goes, are you showing the clip at the moment? <laughs> Did you uh, tell yes. them to play the clip? Are they playing the clip? Did you? Are, are they playing the clip? Yeah, they're playing it. <laughs> he couldn't, like, he couldn't read the room on that one, and he needed. To, are you playing the clip now? Why are you all being quiet? <laughs> do I read the bit now after the clip is played, or do I start? Gene, let me it? see those papers again. <laughs> Gene, I'm gonna light this cigarette. Um, 
Lugan claims he got two on one for just cheering on his friend. He wasn't doing anything. He didn't do anything wrong. He's no, just a normal man. He's Lucas just spouts man. bollocks. Sting just nods in agreement. <laughs> I appreciate how Lex Luger has uh, either a, a, a convoluted reason for why he's a dickhead or simply just goes, that didn't happen that way. And it's been he is working. very much the dark side Phil it's, of 1996 yeah. wrestling. It's, it's like you... <laughs> Nice reference. Thank you. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it, it's like for a whole year now, Sting's just been accepting these shit tier excuses, mm-hmm. despite seeing overwhelming evidence. So at some point, Sting's got to be just as bad as Luger for enabling him. Exactly. Yeah. So this is really Sting's fault. So he's blaming Sting. Yeah, whatever Luger does next is Sting's fault. I am beginning to blame Sting because yeah. he's really not paying attention. Because the thing is, every single bust up between them is just like, what was that about, Lex, you fucking dick? And he goes, oh, I didn't mean it. And he goes, oh, let's go to Denny's and hi- high five. <laughs> like, fucking hell. <laughs> Uh, the Steiners come in to argue their case with Lex Luger. Steiner promises, I'm going to jack you in the ring if you get me hot. Uh, Luger gets angry. He shoves Scotty Steiner and a fight almost breaks out. And we get some preliminary Scotty Steiner screaming promo goodness yeah, here as well. I've got to jack you up if you get me hot. Uh, Luger leaves after he starts a fight. I thought that was a little touch I yeah. enjoyed. He pushes Scott. The pushing oh, starts. Luger leaves. And it's just Gene, Sting. you can handle this, can't you? Mean Gene, like an angry dad. Like he's about to send them all to bed without tea. I'll turn this car around. I'll turn this car around. You'll all go back to Mid-South. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit more shit me from Lex Luger. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it's uh, it's just be- it's Stockholm syndrome, but I'm all right with the Lex Luger stuff now. As I've had a bit of time it, away. As long as it fucking comes to an end. As long as there's a conclusion. Yeah. All I want is a conclusion. I don't know how likely it is we're going to get that conclusion. It'll be like, hey, you lost a big match. Now you're just in the tag league. Yeah. We get a 15-second Hulk Hogan video package showing him dominating heavyweights, saying, I want the WCW title. We're getting a Hogan comeback. Was that 15 seconds? It's about 15 seconds. Was that the one with him on the motorbike? No, there's one later. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. There's another one. There's there's, there's about three tonight. That was 15 seconds. It felt like the longest 15 seconds of my life. This was a very brief one. It felt like a TV bumper almost. Right. Like before ads. Yeah. Yeah, It felt like, oh, here's Hulk Hogan. Is he coming up? No, we didn't say that, but there he is. It looks like we're saying he's coming up, but he's not coming up. The up next bit doesn't pop up until you see Craig Pittman. Oh, So we're not false advertising. Uh, And he is in action. He walks to the ring with Teddy Long and his army medals. And he is facing Disco Inferno, who is booked every single week on WCW television. How he's, can he not be? He's the, the biggest seller on merch. He's he's over <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> it's scary time. Uh, they bollocks up an arm drag immediately. <laughs> but they somewhat style it out. It's look, it, it's a it's your stereotypical disco match, right? He's he's kind of getting in there, getting as much offense in as he can, even if he's got to cheat a little bit to get there. Pittman's trying his hardest. To just play it down the middle. I think there's a point where Disco goes to headbutt Pittman. It's like, ah, ah, not going to work. And then it all starts to fall apart. Oh, the, the, the finish. Yeah, the actual finish of the match. Yeah. Disco Disco boots Pittman in the guts, punches him in the guts, and then goes for an uncharacteristic overhand chop to the top of the yeah. head, to which Disco like recoils. Yeah. Like, oh, that hurt me. Pittman then bounces off the robes and gives and him the like old the battering round. Thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bit like a junkyard dog standing yeah. battering round type affair. He goes for the code red, which is the arm 
armbar, but Disco taps out before he can apply it. And the reason he gives, I'm so sorry there's not video this week, but the reason he gives is so he can't, like, well, if that had got locked in, the code red, he wouldn't have been able to wiggle his fingers and dance every he week. He to do his moves and he kind of... He's not an idiot. Head, like... He's smart. He's still getting paid either way. Now he can dance too. This was horrible. <laughs> it was brief, though, so I can't be too mad. The... This kind of format for Nitro, like the, the format shift, because we, we've had quite balanced Nitros up to this point, mm. but the format shift to the slightly longer, like two hour or like hour 40 or whatever it is when you take out all the adverts, um, it feels like the show's kind of front loaded with a lot of exciting quick squashes and dominant performances. And then it starts to settle from like match four onwards. Yes. But it's just a bit like, whew, whoa, it's like a lot of just really quick kind of, they throw a lot at you yeah. in the hour and a half, and it's a and it's a packed hour and a yeah. half. Uh, we get a clip from the main event from the WCW show on the weekend. Uh, William Regal interrupting a Sting interview backstage. Mm. Uh, Regal uh, says some things to Sting, and it ends up with Sting uh, getting up to to size up Regal, and Regal slapping Sting in the face. Yes. Uh, this will set up a match between the two for the Great American Bash, and it'll sign up, set up a hefty fine for for Regal as oh, well. Oh yeah, they yeah. mentioned this, uh, and then we'll talk about it at the end of the match. But Stephen Regal's in action now. He's facing Jim Duggan. Great line from Larry Zbyszko. Let's be thankful that the Minutemen who went up against George Wallace in 1776 weren't in the same mental league as Duggan. Otherwise, we'd all be playing rugby, <laughs> a much superior sport to gridiron <laughs> football. That's it. That doesn't need pads. That doesn't need pads. <laughs> and doesn't need pads. God, there's nothing better than just... Yeah, rugby's the boy. And the rugby... Playing rugby as well, like the aggression you get out, just smashing into people is... Oh, it's the boy. When did you play rugby? Uh, from the age of like seven till I was about 16. How, when did you... Who did you play for? I uh, played for Wrighton, uh, played for my school, and then I went on to play for like District County for a little bit. Wow. Yeah. What did you stop? Uh, essentially just ankles. Like oh. fucked. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, as you heard before we started with the... Yeah, you're a very clicky boy. Yeah, yeah I'm not surprised then. Uh, but you could, otherwise, you know, had uh, had Duggan led the charge against George Wallace, uh, you'd have been playing it in America, apparently. And we'd Larry's never hear the end of it. <laughs> God, they'd want to be like four nations to make the six nations, the ten nations. <laughs> the one nation, America. America, get out. The World Series, and America wins every year. Thank you, American listeners. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> Your time zone's weird. Go Duggan, pack, go. Jim Duggan dominates with clotheslines on Regal uh, and some of those classic great-grandma Duggan strikes as well. He gets cut off by a, a Regal kick, a rugby kick, as Zabisco calls it. Uh, and as the match breaks down, Robert Eaton, Dave Taylor, and Jeeves get on the apron to distract Duggan. This allows Regal to get a sneaky schoolboy three count. Uh, Duggan, very upset with the, with the match, I believe chases the referee away. Way. Yeah, because he runs away, but then because I thought he chased Jeeves off, but then <coughs> moments later, Regal's in the ring with Dave Taylor, Jeeves, and Robert Eaton, all the members of the Blue Bloods. So I thought, who's he chased off? It must have been the ref. Get out of here, referee! That's for not doing your job properly. Don't Heaven expect a paycheck. Heaven forfend! Jim Duggan gets a clean loss. <laughs> mm. That's simply cannot happen. Mean Gene's chatting to the Blue Bloods. He reveals that Regal was indeed, as Sam said, fined for the slap to Sting. But Heavily <laughs> fined as well. Reg heavily. Oh, heavily fined. However, Regal is so rich, he paid double. 
meaning the fine, meaning as a result of paying double the fine, he's now in credit to WCW. So I assume it helps. He gets to cheat mm. now and then. Yeah. His experience rating goes up, I guess. Um, Regal says Sting doesn't love anyone but himself, and he wants Sting in his best, his meanest, and his nastiest at the Great American Bash. So they're get, we're getting a fight between those two. That's going to be good. Yeah. I'm up for that at the back. Yeah. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Now, I realize that w- there's a big gap in what we do because obviously we watch Nitro week to week. I feel like we need to have one more eye on Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. Based and, on what and happens then you've next. Got, it, it's, it's, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of storylines that kind of start on Saturday night and then cross pollinate across to Nitro once they become popular enough. But mm. the exchange there it means that we've, we've sort of missed the initial lead in. Uh, and so, especially with this storyline that's coming up between uh, the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, and Chris Benoit. We've missed quite a lot of this, but it's sort of bubbling away and occasionally gets mentioned on Nitro. You might see a little clip here and there. Because Tony says there's been problems with the Dungeons and Doom and the Horsemen, in particular, Chris Benoit and Sullivan. And I went, have they? <laughs> Things are getting awkward and they're only going to get a lot more awkward. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, we then get clips from WCW Saturday Night. And basically, if you've not been watching that either, Benoit has been getting very irate about Kevin Sullivan with the Horsemen. Every week on that Saturday night, he's been telling on Anderson not to trust Kevin Sullivan and the Dungeon of Doom. And Sullivan's been giving him a bit of lip service back. <laughs> While well. wearing a Hulkamania headband. Yeah. Kevin Sullivan. Naughty. At Slamboree, Kevin <laughs> Sullivan helped the public enemy put Benoit through a table, uh, which sets the stage for the Great American Bash, which will be a Falls Count Anywhere match between Chris Benoit and Kevin Sullivan. Uh, Sullivan says, quote, I'm going to squash the serpent for you, Arn, because one day that serpent is going to turn on you. Hey, and then have... just to prove what Kevin Sullivan's capable of, he fights the future WCW Cruiserweight Champion Prince Iokea, who gets future... no entrance and gets to wear his tight purple trunks. Absolutely nothing. He gets and no shoes. Yeah, no shoes for Prince Iokea. Obviously, the son of King Iokea uh, and future Prince impersonator. Uh, he gets battered by Sullivan from the off in this match. Low blowed on the security whale, dashed into the steel steps, uh, and then he loses to a double foot stomp shortly after. Was that. it double foot stomp? It sounded like commentary said McDonald's stomp. <laughs> and I was like, it's mostly gone like the double stomp. It was like, it sounded like a McDonald's stomp. So like, he is in red and yellow. Was there a wrestler called McDonald who did a double foot stomp that we've maybe know. missed this bit of news on? Maybe. Answers on a postcard. Maybe Kevin was angling to play Ronald for a bit in 1996. <laughs> we'll never know. I'll make you a happy meal, kids. <laughs> Get Grimace out here now and fix me the Hamburglar. All of the toys Benoit. are just Dungeon of Doom forever. All of the toys. <laughs> That's it. They never change. A little wind-up Kevin Sullivan that a spins. Little, a little fountain full of cold water. Yeah? <laughs> Be great. You get King Curtis, but he comes as like an additional piece with each bag toy. So you've got to build him. So you need all the toys to build him. So you've got to get a Happy Meal now, 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 now. <laughs> so as soon as you build him, you can just have the Kevin Sullivan figure just dash through. <laughs> <laughs> Collect them all! Um, they mean Gene chats to Jimmy and Kevin post match, and Jimmy is trying to get Kevin to break the dungeon away from the horseman, saying, We're fine on our own. We got the champ and some mothers. They <laughs> reflect. Now, this is interesting. They reflect on Brian Pillman here. Yes. Who uh, is on his way to WWF at this point. That traitor. Mm, but Kevin Sullivan says he made Brian Pillman quit 
when they faced him and he warned on about Pillman and he, and he shooed Pillman He's away. He's getting similar vibes about Benoit here. But he does say, quote, Benoit's no quitter, but I know serpents. And to get rid of serpents, you crush the egg. He is working for McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you crush the egg and then you make a snake and bacon McMuffin and that's breakfast. <laughs> we now serve <laughs> breakfast at the Dungeon Donalds till 11. You could get a serpent McMuffin. I fucking wish we had all day McDonald's breakfast here. It's just, I don't why understand don't why they don't what's, fucking what's do wrong it. With the There's world? all sorts of conspiracies about McDonald's involving things like the, um, the ice cream machines being deliberately off uh, oh. to sell more of other things. But... I think it's just bullshit. It'll be some like tax reason. It'll be some shit thing where it's like, well, if it's going to be an all-day breakfast, it's not technically a breakfast, so you've got to pay this import charge on these materials. Oh. And it'll be something pathetic like that when McDonald's should say, fuck the government, let's make all-day breakfast. Could you? That's not- something that we u- unite this country, I think. <laughs> I wouldn't be against, like, you rename it something else after 11. It's still a McMuffin, but it's called something else. Yeah, the McBuffin. The McBuffin. <laughs> The McBrumfin. <laughs> it's a brunch muffin. The McBrumfin. McBruffin. Imagine Ruffin. Mc, McBrunch. There's just an island in McDonald's <laughs> with a sneeze guard, and you can just sort of go and get what you want. You can just stand there as you're ordering your McBrunch ticket, and there'll just be some kid with his hand in all the chips, just rubbing them. Oh. Somebody sneezing on their hand and then touching all of the meat. Keep yeah. your hands out the chip. Maybe somebody just sort of picks up two of the pancakes and rubs them on their face <laughs> and then puts them back. <laughs> not to be trusted. That's McDonald's a- better not do a brunch bar. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what will happen. Yeah. Unless they want to do bottomless brunch. That, yeah, I'd, I'd be oh. well up for McDonald's bottomless brunch. Let's get pissed and eat cheeseburgers. <laughs> there, must, there are some McDonald's that do beer. I wish we, yeah, like if you go to Germany, you can get beer. Yeah. Uh, I wish we had like White Castle where you can just go order like 40 tiny burgers. Oh. They're apparently terrible, but I just want to be able to have a bag full of 40 tiny burgers. Little burger things. And then just take them all out into my hand as if they're in like an egg tray, which is how I imagine they'd come. Pretend you're a monster. And then just fling it at the side of the White Castle and see how many stick. (laughs) And then like if it's an odd or even number, you can use that to choose something else you're going to do on your chaotic day of of, of mania. You know, Sam Driver's day off. That's how you. That's how you make your choices. Do I go down to to, to town centre after this, or do I decide to go somewhere else? Uh, I don't know. If it's odd, we'll go to town centre. If it's even, we'll go to Wet and Wild. And we throw against the wall. It's even. Then we go to Wet and Wild. And it's like, right, let's clog one of these slides with cement. Yes or no? Flip a coin. Yep. All right. Pour cement into the slide. <laughs> <laughs> what happens now? Well, you go down the slide. How many bones are you broken? Odd or even? <laughs> they usually travel Shall we show. go to Mallorca? <laughs> yes. What do we do now we're here? Come home. All right. Sweet. Let's get back on a plane. Roll a dice. If it's, if it's an odd number, travel we break our kneecaps. If it's an even number, we go to Mallorca. <laughs> if it's an odd number, I'm going to get gored by this bull. If it's an even number, I get to go for a nice, lovely steak as paid for by the production company. <laughs> It's an odd number I get gored by this bull. If it's an even number, I have to kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be um there used to be a travel show called The Dice Man. Yeah. Where you roll the dice to determine what he's doing next. I just I like, think I could do a sound driver's much more agent of version. chaos yeah. dice man. Yeah. Like, do we try and build Takeshi's castle in my front garden? <laughs> yes or no? Flip a coin. Yes. Right. What can we do? There's a lot of stairs. Let's just stick a tarp over it. Doesn't need to be flat or anything. 
cover it in soap, and then just have a really bumpy ride down out the front door <laughs> and then onto the main road where you get probably hit by a bus. But... That's what the dice willed. The dice wills thus. The dice is all. If it's odd numbers, we dig a hole in the garden all the way down to a main water pipe. If it's evens, we punch that child. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, everybody. You've got to go over to the parent and be like, I'm really sorry, but I've just rolled a dice. I'm going to punch your kid in the face. And they go, all right? And they go, oh, you're the dice man. They go, go, absolutely not. And he goes, for YouTube. And they go, oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) That's how it works. Here's a bag of money for us to punch your child. (laughs) Nobody said anything about money, Tom. Dice. Dice is all. Here's a bag of dice. (laughs) Maybe we try and convert people to the dice. And then society just breaks down into some chaotic, (laughs) am I going to do this? Should I rob the Greggs? Yes or no? (laughs) Give me all your sausage rolls. (laughs) Uh, Great. Oh, and I guess there's money in that. Till, give me the money as well. Actually, do I want the money? Nah, you're fine. No, give me another tray of sausage rolls. I'll wait. <laughs> Hang on. Let me... Hand in my coat, pretending it's a gun. Actually, do I want a tray? Oh, no, we're now married. <laughs> Shit. Just oh. agent of chaos, dice man. Well, I guess I'll see these on the table when I get home <laughs> later then. <laughs> when I get home, darling. <laughs> Roll for darling, even for darling. The dice for says sweetheart. you've got to give me your keys. <laughs> You've got the keys. Odd number, even number, use them to get into the house and run a bath. Uh, Odd number, use them to key a car outside and chuck them in a stream. (laughs) Just carnage. Yeah. Just carnage. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, you all know that I am a huge wrestling fanatic. It's the only sport for me. And on the bed with me today, I have got the kings of wrestling because yes. I've got Hulk Hogan and Mr. Randy Savage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Randy. How you doing, fellas? Hey, hey, hey. I'll let you know in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't think we've been formally introduced. No, listen, we've both got the same surname. Savage. So We're not, um, do you think But are you cousins? both very Randy today? We are. Ooh. I'm permanently on heat, mate. I'm like one of Barbara Cartland's cats. Push, you're pushing jealous. me toward you nah, guys. Don't make start a, fighting on you this You guys bed. make a very nice couple. Who, me and Randy? Yes. Hey. 
What's the material? And if we got married, you say, I wouldn't have to change my name. Well, you wouldn't have to change yours, because we'd stay safe. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't like to see the results of our liaison. I don't think the Kennel Club would approve. Rick Flair and Arn Anderson are taking on the Rock and Roll Express. Flair and Arn are wearing Mongo and Ke- Ke- Mongo McMichael and Kevin Green's jerseys because they're baddies. Yeah, nobody uh, gives a shit about that, Tom. Fireworks. Oh. Fireworks. Actually, before the fireworks go off, we'll get to that. Uh, I want to give a special nod to Liz and Woman who help Arn out of his jersey because he's so thick and swole. He can't get out oh, of it. That on his was own. funny. That was that very, was very funny. funny. The match is getting started, and then as Sam has rightly pointed out, a little 30-second timer appears. Fuck the wrestling. The wrestling's not important. What's important here is that Eric Bischoff is walking behind the, the scenes to his desk. Mm. He's not a loser that has to stand by the ring like Tony Schiavone. He gets a desk, and he gets Bobby Heenan. The second hour of Nitro is about to begin, and a timer on the, on the like on a little cartoon stick of dynamite is counting down from 30. It hits zero. And fucking as, as the match is in progress, fireworks go off. <laughs> and then the screamers start everywhere, and it's like Bischoff has finally sat down. There's what? not even any I'm back. Not that he had the theme at this what time, of course, strange... but they should have at least thought about it and wrote it beforehand so that they could play it while the fireworks was happening. So are we, and then are you, they'd own the rights. Are you insinuating this is uh, an Eric Bischoff ego trip rather than like, no, an impactful it's, start it's, to the it's hour? It's an impactful start to the, the hour, but I don't think they thought it through. No. Because it feels very much like something that should happen when you've got Gene in the ring, Gene does an interview, and then after the interview, and then somebody else's theme starts and comes down. Or just as that second person's got down there, it starts, which kind of happens here, but there's just a lot going on beforehand, and they're sort of about to start wrestling when it happens. It just felt like the timing was maybe a bit off this week. But then again, it, you know, it's, it's a new thing. Yeah. They'll get used to it. Yeah, I, I, think, they, I think they will Plus, get used to I it. Plus, I mean, you can't look at anything as an Eric Bischoff ego trip, uh, except for maybe, like, the biggest example, I'd say, is when he descends from the heavens on a Harley Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I'd give you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an Eric Bischoff ego trip. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a standard, very it's a classic tag team encounter with these two. Would you, would, could you blame him if it was like, hey, I I want to descend from the the rafters like Sting, <laughs> but on a motorbike? <laughs> Do I? Can you make that happen Odds for me? Yes. I descend from the arena <laughs> on a motorbike. Evens, I just I, I fly in on a on a on an eagle. Evens, I put it into neutral and just gently push the bike forward off the catwalk. <laughs> it hits the ring, does a wheelie, and then just drives itself out of there. <laughs> Everybody's like, I was not expecting that. Well, that, I'm watching Nitro for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> they can get a motorbike to do that. What can't they do? <laughs> they can't book a wrestling show. Um, end of the match comes. Uh, what, so the, the match happens as the commentators lament on Mongo and Green's prep for the bash. More yeah. on that in a minute. Uh, end comes with the Rockers drop flare and arm with double drop kicks, but woman at the suggestion of Bobby Heenan, who, who leaves is, commentary, yeah. leaves comms and turns up at ringside, whispers something to woman, and she gets onto the apron and rakes the eye of Robert Gibson, the good eye, leaving him open to a DDT from Arn Anderson. <laughs> yep. For the win. What, what is a good eye? You wouldn't uh, wreck the glass eye. Well, in terms of the in terms of the match itself, it's sort of expected back and forth uh, of, of a high level. You know, two yeah. teams that, that know each Excellent. other probably inside out. Uh, so it was a really entertaining match, and it really felt like this kicked the evening into gear finally. Mm. Uh, but yeah, kind of uh, they they've been gently teasing maybe Heenan doing something like this earlier in the night. So it's not a mega surprise, but. 
it all works out nicely in a storyline sense. Uh, Bobby Heenan heads to the horseman's table where they got the champagne. Uh, along champagne. with uh, Along with Mean Gene, Flair, Arnando and the ladies. Arn says he's too thick to play football because Mondo's, Mongo's jersey was too tight for him, Billy. Flair says the jerseys were a gift from Deborah McMichael. It's controversial. Tells the entire NFL organization that the horsemen are better, faster, slicker, and all night long. Uh, uh, Heenan confirms that he won't manage Arn and Flair at the bash. No, he will not be a manager. He reveals then the 1988 NFL All-Madden trophy uh, that he has because he was the manager of John Madden's All-Pro team. This yeah, is he was. Real. Yeah. Uh, he said, I never I never said I'd manage again, but in Baltimore, at the Great American Bash, I will coach. Ooh. I'll be ringside, and I'll show those football players what coaching is all about. This was fun. Good bit yeah. by Bobby. I yeah. thought Bobby, the nice way to... Nice way to, to for Bobby to get around his I'll never manage again thing by just going I'll be a coach. I'll be the coach. Yeah, I. Anyway. But then uh, he's he's got other things to worry about in a little bit heading into this match. Mm. But it's exciting as a prospect, you know. Bobby back on the outside. Nice. Yeah. Quick video from the giant, the WWE World Champion, who says I've put more people in the hospital than stomach flu. Then we get some glacier <laughs> hype. Oh, no, no, and as, well, while oh. that giant bit, it also cuts to the bit that you mentioned, Hulk Hogan on his motorbike. Yeah, so Hulk on his motorbike riding around. Um, a lot of shots of unprotected chair shots. Uh, oh, that's the next the music. one. Yeah, that's, that's the, the next, next one. one. So basically, I know, we basically get two Hogan pro little promos within like a minute and a half of each other because we can't have enough Hogan. Um, we do get a little, a little bumper for Hogan again. We then get uh, a new Glacier promo, yeah. as we say, for Blood Runs This Cold. one has a bit of whispering on it. Bit of whispering on it. There's some dance music. There's... Our world is about to change. 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 And we have a name. We have Glacier. Oh, we've had Glacier for a good few weeks. I thought we were saying Blood Runs Cold. I thought we had. Uh, I thought we had Glacier uh, from the pay per view. Ah, maybe I stand corrected. I've been away for a while. Um, but... Oh, really? You you just been <laughs> fucking swanning off around the world, have you? Don't get me started, Tom. <laughs> uh, and now we get the aforementioned. Video package for Hulk Hogan, the one that Sam earlier on went, are you sure it only lasted 15 seconds? Yeah, it This goes is on, the one that goes on, about three and a half minutes. And on, and on, and on. But hey, if you ever wanted to hear the full version of Jimmy Hart's American Made, America Made. You've got it here. <laughs> Clips of, as you say, a lot of unprotected chair shots from the Hulk. Cut to the time, just... <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed how the shots were cut to the beat of the yeah. music. That was a nice touch. Um, notice that there's a long shot of Vader beating up Vader. Yes. I think that's deliberate. A Vader beating up Vader? No, Hogan beating up Nobody Vader. Nobody truly beat Vader up more than himself. <laughs> <laughs> Vader beats himself up, let's be honest. Uh, Hogan beating up Vader. As a, I think there's there's one long bit at the end and another bit in the middle. Yeah. Like Because Vader don't play here anymore. He no. fucking job to Hogan. And but left. he's still a big name. Mm. Is Hogan due back? I, I presume so, because well, they're yeah. really I mean, heavy. I, I, I historically know that he's going to be back in a couple of months. Mm. Or, yeah, literally <clears throat> a couple of months. This is the most promo we've had for Hogan in a while, so I just assume yeah. that something is imminent for it's, the Hulkster. I think it's just a case of the company needs to keep Hogan as a big selling point. He's still Hulk Hogan. You yeah. know, He's trying to break off, and he's trying to go into acting. He's trying all these different avenues, but ultimately... Hulk Hogan is going to be known uh, historically as a wrestler, 
who did branch out into acting, but mainly he's a wrestler. That's the first thing that comes to mind. It's not like The Rock, where you think of The Rock and now it's like Hollywood. But like, it's sort of, yeah, they, they need to keep that selling point strong, even though he's not there presently. And so I guess the only way they can really do that is by just reaffirming his existence with the company, mentioning him as much as they can, alluding to prior storyline run-ins with people who are currently holding belts. Uh, everything they do, generally. And I imagine his contract's got a hefty amount of, you must mention him these many times and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's probably a so, lot of that, isn't there? Yeah. Probably a lot of that. Um, so... That moves on to our main event. Well, one of our <clears throat> one of our feature attractions. Yes, uh, which is the giant defending his WCW World Championship against Ice Train. And Ice Train is gonna take that fucking giant to the limit. He is gonna absolutely fucking batter the giant. Oh wait, he's been distracted by Jimmy Hart and immediately choke slam. Choke slam one two three, and then out comes Scott Norton. Go, but uh, but that's not fair. And then Scott Norton, for good measure, gets choke slammed twice. Twice to yeah. Scotty Norton. <laughs> Uh, what a burial of ice train. I liked him to have at least got a punch in. Yeah. That would have been nice. Uh, it's not a complete burial because obviously it's because Jimmy Hart distracted. Yeah. It, it's not like it was his own idiocy or anything that caused it. It, no. it's, it didn't make him look like a weaker performer. It was just he got unfairly sideswiped a bit. He got unfairly yeah. got. Uh, the giant chats to Mean Gene, annoyed, and rightly so, that WCW are running fucking 400 video packages about Hogan. Yeah, what's he doing? I'm here right now, and I'm the champion. Yeah. Make packages about me, you fucking <laughs> bastards. He then focuses on Alex Luger, saying, you're the total package I want to eliminate the most. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse this, me. But they've been dancing <laughs> around each other since 1995. <laughs> it feels... It has been 95, isn't it? Yeah. You come and get some, you're mine. The constant Luger <laughs> from the giant every time he cuts a promo. Well, hopefully at the bash, that'll be it done and done. <laughs> One would hope. Hopefully. Uh, Scott Norton, bless him, he hasn't got off the canvas yet. He took two beefy chokes, Sam, he's been lay there. Worst case scenario, Sam, what are the odds of this? He's in action next. Oh, no, not the NXT bully. No, oh, the bully of NXT, Hugh Morris, uh, makes his way to the ring. And it's Hugh Morris versus Scott Norton right now. Morris hits a leg drop and some uh, some comical punches to the unconscious Scott Norton. Keeps going to cover him and then the lifting off before the three. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, he goes up for a moonsault as Hugh Morris. As he's doing so, Scott Norton gets up. He's going to try and catch him as he comes off the top he for a moonsault. He just manages to catch him. <laughs> Uh, I, I, my, 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 <laughs> it was squeaky bomb time for that like split second. It was like, oh no, but he got him. He got him. He's all right. He's all right. I think the plan was going to be um, to catch him into a power slam and yeah. pin him. Caught him, as you say, fine. Yeah. But sort of dropped him clumsily immediately after. Yeah. Uh, and then chokes him for a second and then pins him. Yeah, safely dropped him as well. It wasn't like he dropped him like Ryan. It's sort of like, I, I guess maybe just the angle was off or something. But mm. like, yeah, it was just a little bit... But then he wins. I Get like in there, Scotty Norton. Yeah, I like this as a way to put some some heat back on Scott Norton. Some some fire back into the fire. Put some fire back into the fire whilst the ice is ice cold. <laughs> Are we getting a Scott Norton giant match at some point? You'd hope so off the back of that. Yeah. That'd be all right. Yeah, would be I all right. I want Scott Norton just to throw the giant, just the ones. Just the just ones. A, right to Rosette. Yeah. Just, just one, one T-bone. Hop, hop, hop. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That's all I want. The moment is here. Uh, it's nice to find these little pockets of time uh, doing the classic Nitro review that I genuinely get excited about that other people may not notice. Now, 
this is something that I know you've been buzzing for for months. Yes. We are here. I don't think this is the, the full clip. I believe the full clip of what I'm referencing is in one of the pay-per-view hype packages, but this is the scene in question from where the clip comes from. Right. So, because I remember a lingering shot rather than the kind of quick cuts, but you still see what I'm on about so in, in the sequence. I'll explain. So Mongo McMichael and Kevin Green are training. The voiceover, who is the uh, commentator... Who... Director video, coming soon, man. Yes. Yeah. It's the voice, he also did the voice of Tony Coming soon from Buena Vista Pictures. <laughs> they make Mongo and Kev sound like fucking idiots because they say, like, oh, the ring is much bigger than a football pitch. These two football boys are going to have a lot to learn when they get in the ring against the Wrestle Boys. They've got the ropes. They don't know what ropes Look at him. Are. He's on his knees. The mat is harder than the pitch. <laughs> you idiot. But then he, I, feel like I feel bad for them. I don't know. Because... Some of those 90s NFL pitches look like concrete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they look bad. Kevin Green has a game plan though. Outside the ring, uh, he's he's got a whiteboard and he's organizing a play like it's a like it's football. Yeah, silly bugger. Uh, Mongo then says, "Oh, I've got another idea, baby." Well, how else is he supposed to understand? I suppose yeah. you got to have the playboard there. Got a little wrestling ring drawn on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the best best way to do it. Yeah. As Mongo is going through his idea, we see Kevin Green pretending to eat a slim Jim. Yeah, he, he kind of puts the corner of it in his mouth and pretends to take little bites off it, but every time he pulls it out, it's intact. Uh, now, all I can think there is Kevin Green is currently in training camp for, uh, I think it's the Carolina Panthers, is it? Mm. Uh, he He's probably a very healthy man. They're very mindful of what he puts in his body at this point. Yeah, I'd imagine he probably didn't want to eat the processed pig anuses. But I, part of it might have just been like, Step into a pig don't stop biting into it. We're having to recut all of these, reshoot and reshoot, reshoot. So just have it prominent, but don't take a bite, maybe. There's all sorts of different things that could go into it. But that entire sequence is just gold. And yeah, I think when we get to a pay-per-view and eventually you get some clips of Macho thrown in, there's just a whole point where it kind of flashes back to this segment. And I think Kevin Green for about three straight seconds just has the end of the Slim Jim in his mouth. <laughs> and he's not even chewing it. He's just kind of got it in his mouth, like just holding it there with the look from it. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just it's one of my favorite segments of all time. But it's not a protein. It is a it is a plot device uh, because as he is listening to Mongo describe how they could figure out the figure four and the DDT, yeah, Mongo goes, "We need someone to help us." Wait a minute! Points at Slim Jim. Yeah, I know someone that can help us. Of course, they're talking about uh, the ambassador for the Slimathan Jimathan Company, <laughs> Macho Man Randy the Savage. Slim Jim guy from Dave Mirror's BMX on PS One. Oh, that'd have been a much better. Imagine that. <laughs> I thought that's what you meant. <laughs> Yeah. They just get hit it. <laughs> they get the Pepper Army character. It's, I thought that's what you meant. <laughs> I uh, My favorite bit is when Kevin Green stands up and he's like, Coach Savage. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. And they run off together, holding hands to go and find Coach Savage. Uh, the main event is here. It's Sting and Leg defending the WWE World Tag Titles against the Steiners. Um WWF have been doing this thing for a while now where they'll get phone calls during Raw. Yeah. And there'll be the two commentators talking. What did he just say about me? Yeah, that's yeah. basically it. It's done quite well. This was very weird because... It felt like a macho man impersonator. It did, didn't it? <laughs> so Bischoff says, we're going to take a phone call live to which they cut to the commentary table and Bischoff has like a proper landline phone. <laughs> 
Hello. Rotary dial and everything. And he went, oh, Bobby, you might be able to hear this. Because obviously they can't put it on a loudspeaker. I literally expected Bishop to pull it out and just do the rotary. <laughs> Hold on, let me just patch you a line. And then another hand comes in with a second phone for Bobby. <laughs> Hold on, caller. And there's just like a lady underneath with the switchboard. Uh, Bischoff is taking a very clumsy phone call from Randy Savage, who, as Sam says, sounds like a Randy Savage impersonator. <laughs> he says, WCW won't let him wrestle, but nowhere here does it say that a dog can't play basketball. So... <laughs> <laughs> But it says that he can't coach two footballers in a wrestling match. So therefore, Savage is coming back as a coach. He's going to be Heenan's mirror for Bash, right? Oh, yeah. Dave Mirror. Dave Mirror's BMX. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I can't it was Dave Mirror or Matt Hoffman. One of them had the Slim Jim guy. And it should have been Randy Savage. It should have been Randy Savage. The scrawny guy with the big head just doesn't work. I need mm. Macho Man to tell me to snap into it. It's always got to be Macho Man. WWF tried it with Bam Bam Bigelow and Diesel and neither worked after Savage left. Because they tried to Shameful. keep the Slim Dim sponsorship after Savage went. Did they give it to Glenn Jacobs after Diesel left? Sadly not. That would have been I'm amazing. Diesel and this is a Slim Jim. <laughs> snap into it. What a pittance. <laughs> Eat these. They're good for your teeth. <laughs> Turns and winks to Isaac Yankum, who somehow stood next to him. <laughs> he smiles his metal mouth um, Behenan takes the phone as it, as it, put your bum on and he, and he tries to talk Savage out of doing it Yeah, uh, Savage is, says it's the most pathetic thing he's ever heard and says I'll see you at the bash and hangs up so on commentary throughout the main event uh, Heenan's fretting. He's backpedaling like fuck because yes. he's like, I've never had a problem with Savage. And Bischoff's like, Oh, is that right? That is it for me? When he said, to, he said to Savage on the phone, I never had a problem with you. And, and Bischoff goes, Ha! <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Patty and Selma from The Simpsons. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> and so the main event itself, the tag match, it's actually a very good main event. It's a hard hitting yeah, affair. It's as expected, given the names involved. Yeah, they have a belt of a match uh, with distraction on commentary. Multiple occasions, it just broke down into a four way brawl around the ring. Yeah, well, a bit we tornado, didn't it? A bit very tornado. Uh, the end comes when the giant makes his presence felt, and like a tornado, just cuts a path through the wrestlers. To... After we've just seen a scorpion death drop as well. Yeah, exactly. So <sighs> it looked like the end was nigh, and then Giles like, no, we can't have a clean finish in the main event of Nitro. I better put a stop to this. I've got some things to do first, including the shittest choke slam of all time. Oh, that Hogan was... was bad, but this might just take the biscuit. <sighs> it was a rough one. Was that I the... mean, it was concrete floor. It's the one on Rick. So you're being very careful to Rick, aren't you? But it, oh, it, it it's looked... a how else? You can't just throw him into the floor. But it was like, why have him choke slam him here? There was a table right there. Could you not have used the table to break the fall? It's the sort of choke slam that you do to maybe a five or six year old niece or nephew. Yeah. If you're playing wrestling with them, but you're terrified of hurting them because they cry a bit. So you kind of... Because like Rick gets the height and everything kind of, the, the initial part of the choke slam looks great. great. And it's like up he goes and then it's sort of coming down and then slowly to sleep, baby. <laughs> 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 
So, and it, for me, it's the bit where he puts the blanket over him and reads him a bedtime story that takes away some of the impact. Uh, but Luger, Luger's waiting for Giant in the ring, and these two start scrapping. Yeah. The crowd are into it. Can't mm-hmm. deny it. Crowd are up for watching Giant and Luger batter each two other. Two big beefy lads. Beefy boys. Uh, Scott Steiner and Stang get into the ring. This leads to a triple team to send yeah, Giant flying out. Yeah, because even the though ring. the Steiners were kind of at Sting and Luger's throats, uh, when the Giant takes care of Rick on the outside... He gets to the ring. Scott's running toward the rope. So he low bridges Scott. Scott goes flying into yeah. the barricade. And then Scott's obviously hot at that. So he gets in the ring to even the odds. And they all send Giant careening to the floor. My enemy's enemy. But he lands on his feet. He does. They, they're, very, they're very protective of the Giant. Mm. But he leaves. He's very cross. Uh, and he storms out, leaving these three to celebrate. Bischoff and Heenan are signing off on commentary. And who is this? Because fuck the letter, doing the Razor Ramon walk towards the commentary table. It's Scott Hall. They could just say they recorded it weeks ago. It's fine. <laughs> and he just gets on and goes, Hey, Chico. Like, fuck the letter. It's say me, Razor me. Ramon from the WWF. We are doing an invasion angle storyline. This has been approved by Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself. I've got a letter and everything. This is written in crayon. That's fine, Vince. Vince Jr. Once again, repeating some of the uh, the rhetoric from last week. You want a war? You started it. You want a war? You've got one. We will bring you a war. Who's we, pal? And Bischoff, like a confused person learning French. Who's we, pal? Uh, We're not sure who we is, but we know who he is. And it's Sting who makes his way towards the coverage table to size. This felt like a moment. Mm. Like I know it's not a Monday Night War legitimate interpromotional battle. But fucking Razor Ramon there and Sting there. And then he lobs his toothpick off Sting's face. Things get a bit heated and Sting once again, just like when Regal backhanded him, looks like a little bitch. But then Sting (laughs) actually... Looks like a little bitch. Sting, I think Sting gives a little bit here because yeah. he throws Well, he gets on the mic, doesn't he? Yeah, yes, yeah. he does. He does. He says, like, you've been talking about, you know, pick three guys. Mm. How about just two guys? Me and you. One right on now. One. Let's yeah. do it. And then this is where Razor Ramon goes, oh, sorry, Scott Hall goes, no one tells me what to do and when to do it. Hoys a toothpick. And yeah. Sting just slaps him across the face. Little short shot. Slap. Immediately pulled apart. Yeah. Yeah, it was all good. And then Scott Hall delivers a little bombshell as the show ends, saying uh, he's got a big surprise next week, making the international hand gesture for a tall person. I cannot wait for Crash Holly to debut. <laughs> <laughs> Weighing at well under four hundred, well under, well over four hundred pounds. You know what? Because time is a construct of human perception, right? Here's the thing. I have watched episodes of Nitro that have been 40 minutes long that have dragged. Felt like an eternity, yeah. This was the longest episode of Nitro that we've 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 uh, reviewed. It's, it zipped by. Well, they, they bragged about it on commentary. It was like, it's the fastest two hours of your life. Like, feels like 20 minutes and all this stuff. And it did. Yeah. It actually did. It's one of the better episodes I've seen. Front-loading with the car crash stuff can be a bit... Um, for us, I guess, because, you know, we're, we're looking out for things like this and we're deliberately looking for things to go, that's weird, mm. that's different, that's why you're doing this. And we're, we're kind of sitting here critiquing it from that standpoint. But I think really it, it does lend a lot of credence to Bischoff's uh, whole technique of, you know, the, the car crash element, that anything can happen, the big exciting, shocking moments. And it's like very quick victories, but there's still so much showtime left. Like what's going to happen next? Mm. And I think that's... 
while it's not quite perfected and the fireworks are kind of a bit awkward right now, I think it's going to get a little bit more slick as time goes on. They will indeed tighten yeah. it up as we get closer to uh, the biggest storyline, arguably in wrestling history, getting underway. Yeah. You know, a few months from it. And then crashing and burning three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad, but it did. Well, it did. It started. It, 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 it sparked up about three weeks later. It didn't crash and burn for a long time, but mm. it, uh, yeah, it's, it's still going to be a very exciting time for us to cover. Uh, exciting time this weekend in the world of 2023. WrestleMania predictions on the YouTube channel right now. Live Man. reactions to night one and night two uh, as well. Uh, what happened at with Jack the Jobber. WTF moments with Ross as well. It's a jam-packed weekend of content uh, ahead of WrestleMania 39. Are you are you going to watch it live with us? Are you going to be... Yeah, I'm going to be watching live. Yay. I'm not fucking skipping Mania, mate. I was going to say. Was... Wait, what, do you, what do you think Even I Jack am? Jack Atkins is coming What in. are you accusing me? Off. Well, Jack Atkins is 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 he you're a monster. <laughs> Fucks off to Australia, comes back, questions my loyalty, <laughs> questions my loyalty to WrestleMania as a brand. <laughs> oh, it's its own brand, is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a trademark. It is. It is. It's trademark Mania. Yeah. Well, we'll see you for some WrestleMania based. Nike, Adidas, WrestleMania. There's the only McDonald's brands. WrestleMania. <laughs> There's the those are the only brands. Slim Jim WrestleMania. <laughs> Snickers, Skittles, mmm, juicy fruity. <laughs> oh my God, they're so fruity. We haven't had that in a while. <laughs> we haven't had a we haven't had a, a Slim Jim WrestleMania yet. Give that no, time. There was was it thirty five that Snickers because I think there was a delay. People getting in, they <laughs> they passed out free mini Snickers along the oh. front row or something. <laughs> I love that they were free mini Snickers. Yeah. Get a free mini Snickers. Get a, get a small handful of miniature heroes size, oh, sorry, celebration size Snickers with your <laughs> $5,000 front row seats. Fun size. Where's yeah. the fun in that? Uh, until we are back together next week in 1996, he's at the Sound Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together we're at Gold Oregon winner. No, we'll hopefully have video sorted next time. Do you want to order a McFlurry, Benoit? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 